dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Kirsty Logan, this is my co-host Heather Parry, also co-hosts are the birds. And this big insect that's on me. Oh where? Here. I can't see him. Maybe you can't see him, he's on my... Oh yeah! What is that? What is that? I don't know. I'm gonna just say it's a beastie. I, we would uh, probably define that as a daddy long legs. No, they're big, big spindly bastards. So I have a memory from when I was really little of like a daddy long legs being the size of our kitchen table at home. That can't be correct, can it? No, I think you must have been watching a film or something. I think I was just really small. <laughs> I also so proportionally it was big. Get off. It really wants to stay on there, doesn't it? Oh, 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 oh no. I think I took a leg off. Oh. Um, I find oh, the name... didn't need that leg. <laughs> We've got like six more. I find... The, the phrase um, "daddy long legs" really funny. So in our house, we call him uh, Papa Goodgams. Oh, I like that. <laughs> this is Papa Goodgams. <laughs> also, Jenny long legs. Did you ever used to say that? No. Maybe that's a Glasgow thing. Jenny long legs. Are they the two genders, Daddy and Jenny? Yes. <laughs> Lady or butt. <laughs> Lady or butt, Daddy or Jenny. What are we doing today, Kirsty? We're doing. We're back at. Uh, Nightmare Hair. Yes. I had to read it then and, and then make it make sense in my head because it doesn't I it, love Nightmare Hair. Nightmare Hair, The Nightwalker. Uh, should we talk about this really quite bizarre cover? It's horrible. It looks like a cover for, um, what was that TV show? Uh, with Handy Andy. No, with, um, no, oh my god, I can't remember any of the people. Changing Rooms? No, it was like an American sitcom, something about development, not arrested development. Oh, I know what you Tim mean. Allen. What Tim the Allen fuck was, was that called? Home Improvement? Home Improvement? Is that what it? it's called? Let that me Google it. doesn't seem right. I'll Google it. But it, it looks like I that, like when it? we can't remember stuff. I like to imagine listeners are just screaming at their <laughs> phones, being like, you fucking idiot. I think it is called Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Uh, and it had John Home Taylor Improvement. Thomas yes, in. Yeah. you're right. Okay. I've never seen it. Like, I don't know why you would, really. <laughs> I watched it as a kid, but I mean, I watched a lot of shite as a kid. Well, this looks like it could be... I used to watch Rockin' at USA High. Well, it's just called USA High. I watched Hang Tough. <laughs> I don't know what these things are. Well, basically, if there was a sitcom or like a teen show that was like a bunch of pretty American teenagers, I'd watch it. Well, you know what I've been watching lately that has ruined this for me? I have been watching a lot of Frasier. In fact, we watched like all of it up until it... I thought we're... you were watching Seinfeld. Have you finished that now? No, we, we just watched Seinfeld a little bit the other day. Um, we basically have made our way through Frasier from the beginning up to when it gets like horribly fatphobic and shit and you just stop oh. watching it. Yeah, really Why bizarre. does it do that? Because uh, the woman who played Daphne got pregnant and they had to write it into the script so they just wrote it that she'd like put on loads of weight and it was all horrible. They just, it's, it was an entire, yeah. It's, if you're watching it, stop watching it at that point. It's not, there's nothing good beyond it. Anyway. Do you know how they did it when Scully was pregnant in uh, X-Files? They just had her carry a lot of boxes. <laughs> or like hold files I thought in it was front when, of her belly. I thought it was when she was impregnated by an alien. I think that was the second time she was pregnant. <laughs> the first time was in like season one, I think, and they just hid her belly at every available. Or she'd be like sitting behind a desk all the time. <laughs> That's genius. Mm-hmm. But I well, think, yeah, the second one, they wrote it in specifically. Well, so there's an episode of Fra- uh, Frasier where they do like a radio play, like an old school, like Hammer Horror style radio play. 
called Nightmare Inn. And he says it like that <laughs> in his like very good. Kelsey Grammer's got a really good voice. Like, you know, I'm sure he's a, I think he's a Republican, like, asshole. Oh, is he? But like, didn't he have a tragic backstory? Yeah, I like think his, his sister was killed. And it's one of his parents, or both of his parents, like, there's some story that, yeah, his parents died and his sister was killed, I think. And he had, like, a horrible, like, coke addiction all the way through, like, first scenes of Fraser, I think. But anyway, regardless, he's got an amazing voice. And I highly recommend watching this episode because it's <coughs> so fun. It's like such a brilliant farce. Okay. And a lot about like the sounds of things. But anyway, I now can't read these without thinking Nightmare Hair like Ooh. this. I um, want to watch that. I like sound humour. That doesn't sound weird. I'll send you the link to the episode. Okay. It's really funny. There's a funny, I'll do a recommendation. There's a funny radio play that you can still hear online for free that's called, I think it's something like this gun in my left hand is loaded <laughs> and it's basically all about like what not to do when you're writing a play oh okay so it'll be it'll be very over explained like there'll be a sound of someone coming in the room and it'll be like <gasps> but you're my sister why would you do this when i had this time that i ran away with your husband you know this kind of like plays on a lot of that stuff too um yeah i think you like it mm-hmm. anyway should we just talk about the cover because we oh yeah sorry because i've waffle waffled for ages <laughs> So it's ugly as hell. It's mostly red, which you realize is, well, is it blood or is it drippy red paint on most of the cover? And then at the edge, it's wood. It's weird, isn't it? So it's meant to be like paint or blood on wood. That could be brick. It could be anything. And then there's also a hammer. It's weird because they've not got like the the usual nightmare hair covers have got a thing down the left-hand side in a different way. That's true. Right-hand side. It's just, it's basically just a red, a red <laughs> cover with a hammer. With a hammer on it. It's terrible. I hate it. It's one of the ugliest covers I've ever seen. And five different fonts. Oh, yuck. <laughs> and they, these don't have special taglines. They just have where college is a screen. Um, do you know what I've just realised? It's going to actually get dark while we're recording this podcast because it's that yep. time of day. <laughs> Sorry. It'll be like, do you remember in olden days when you lived in Edinburgh and I used to come through to Edinburgh and we would, would record in your flat? and we would just sit there and it would get dark and we, would re- we wouldn't notice and then eventually we would just be I can't see your face like, we would just be like <laughs> laughing like weirdos in the dark and then David would come in and be like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Put a light on Just sitting here in the dark laughing <laughs> That's true, it's going to get dark Except it's going to be in your garden we're going to be all wrapped up like weirdos anyway. I just can't wait if one of the neighbours comes out and I'll just be like Hi! <laughs> Will I read us the prologue? Oh, he wants to hear it. He's in. <laughs> I also want to just point out that this book has been so scribbled all over. It's got a list of characters from Winnie the Pooh on the first page. Um, and then some sort of like t- tweet. T- I, don't, I don't know what those words say. She's uh, ticked off all the Point Horror books that she's got on the uh-huh. list. Um, she's right. she missed out on any good ones? <laughs> she's changed the Nightwalker to the Sleep Runner. And Diane Ho to Inaid Ho. Hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, Anyway, <clears throat> prologue. Darkness. A thick curtain of soft, velvety black. So you can see exactly what level of writing mm-hmm. she's going to be doing. <clears throat> Quinn Hadley stood in the door of her, do- of her dorm room, arms outstretched in front of her. Her eyes were wide open, but they saw nothing. She took one small, cautious step, then another, her eyes gazing blankly out into the hallway. Cold. Piercing cold. Quinn shivered. 
clutching her thin nightgown around her. The wandering had happened before, but she never knew, not until it was too late. Silence, not a sound. But soon the screaming would begin. Quinn's roommate awakened just in time to see Quinn head off down the hallway, as if on a mission. A deadly mission. <laughs> the best kind. What a ridiculous prologue to this book. Uh, will I tell you what's going on? Can't wait. So, is she a night runner? <laughs> if only. Quinn Hadley, which is really obviously just Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Is that Nightmare Hair? Although, was Harley Quinn popular at the time? Well... In the early 90s? I don't know. When Depends did, how much of a comic book fan she is. When was she as a... Surely you can't just come up with Quinn Hadley. I don't know. When was I was she, thinking Quinn from Daria. So, Harley Quinn first appeared in the Batman Adventures number 12 in September 1993. When did this come out? 94, I think. Oh, well, I'm just saying. It depends how much of a comic book fan Diane Ho is, I suppose. I'm going to say probably not much, but... But let's go with it anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Actually, she appeared in a thing I'm going to talk about later, Batman the Animated Series oh. in 1992. Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> Here she is at Nightmare Where Hair. she's hella gay with Poison Ivy. Well, hmm gonna bring it up oh so Quinn Hadley's sleepwalking she has been a sleepwalker before mainly due to stress but now she's worried because she is at college and it's gonna um, disturb her roommate Toby Toby Thomason Toby I like that Thomason I thought she sounds like a rock star <laughs> who is tall and thin with ginger hair so maybe she is a rock star that kind of like Melissa after more oh like. yeah what a babe she is or like um what's her name Florence well yeah <laughs> machine Florence, Florence machine. machine. <laughs> so Quinn, despite being a Florence Welsh-style goddess, who we've decided now. No, that's Toby. Anyway, Quinn has been dumped by Simon Kent, who I think must be English. With that Sounds name. it. Um, and she can't understand why, because they were having a great time. But now he won't have anything to do with her, and she is bummed about it. And don't I love bummed. Get with Toby. She sounds babely. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Get. Get over that guy. And get under a woman. <laughs> She hated the look of pity in their eyes as she left the room. She had only half finished her paper when, although the night was warm, she was forced to get up and close the window to shut out the sounds of music coming from the dance. She drew a stick figure, labelled it Simon Kent, <laughs> stabbed it several dozen times with her pencil point, and then, feeling better, threw the drawing away and finished her paper. Aww. That's very me, I think. And also, that's a psychologically healthy thing to do. Yeah, you just know, a bit of paper. It's not good to, you know, don't go out and get really really pissed and do something stupid don't call him up and cry just draw a picture and stab it and throw it away just stab some bits of him that's fine not, not real bits anyway <laughs> here are some other characters we're not advocating stabbing simon kent <laughs> here are some other characters and here is why i do not believe it is a coincidence about her name one of her friends is called ivy green <gasps> oh no way yeah and ivy has black hair um, but I, I, so I'm obsessed with Harley Quinn from Batman the Animated Series, which is the only good Harley Quinn that I'll be accepting. I don't accept any Margot Robbie versions. No, Harley Margot Quinn. Robbie did her best. It wasn't her fault. The ship, the, the ship was script. Yep. Mm -hmm. And also the editing, apparently just really bad. A uh, very good episode of that by that guy whose name I can't remember on YouTube. Anyway. Yeah, fuck, what's his name? What That's a name? great video. It's the art of editing. Suicide Fold? Squad and the art of editing. Is it called Folded Folded Ideas or yes, something like that? Yes, you're right. 
I um, kind of fancy him. Is that weird? That is weird. He's like not hot, but he's smart. He is very smart. And I like that. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Very good episode. Anyway, so there's a really good episode of Batman the Animated Series, which is one of the best Batman versions of anything. Batman. Um, <laughs> the Batman. Or as I've written here, Batmus. Ooh. I might have a Batmus this year if we don't get to have real Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> just full Batman Batmus. I like that. Like Halloween Christmas. Batmus. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, it's called The Harley and the Ivy. And it's just like a really good episode about like them teaming up. And since then, I've wanted to write like a Harley Quinn and um, Poison Ivy, like buddy, like girl, buddy, queer comedy, like film. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. Do it. Why don't you do it? Um, you know how there's NaNoWriMo in November? Yeah. In, I think, April, mm-hmm. there's Script Frenzy, oh. where you write a script in a month. I have actually written a film script in a month. We should do it just for fun. I mean, I'm not a particularly good screenwriter, but we should do it just for fun. It is really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, anyway, go away and watch that. Anyway, so I think that that is what this is and what's going on there. Anyway, there's also... I like that alternate reading. Thank you. There's also Suze Blythe, who has blonde curls, and that's about it for personalisation. Danny Collier, who Toby is dating. That's a boy, unfortunately. Is it, though? We've got... Her, who's appeared before, Jess Vogt, Vogt. Oh, she has appeared before. Vogt, Vogt. Vogt. <laughs> it was just a random girl in it. Okay. And Ian Banyan, who I actually think is a character from Seinfeld. Ian, I just read that. I hear that as Onion. <laughs> Ian Banyan, Onion. Ian, Ian B. Onion. onion. <laughs> so Mr. Onion is just kicking around. So they all go to the spring fling dance, apart from Quinn, who's been dumped. So that's why she's not going. Um, and at the end of the <laughs> evening, Kirsty the most innocuous fucking thing happens and they're all so ridiculous about it uh-huh. a bad smell creeps into the student centre so essentially somebody farted somebody did a bad fart <laughs> well you know it seeps in through the vents and you're like you would think it was biological warfare they are just so ridiculous about it um, and I mean how stinky could it possibly be I I've smelled with, some stinky things. Yeah, I live with someone who does very stinky farts. And let me tell you, it's bad. But it's not bad like they're, like they're crying about it. <laughs> There's a stampede to get out of the student centre and someone gets like a broken arm. Come on. And other people get some bruises. Like. I feel like if you were in a room like that with a load of people that you were trying to like be sexy in front of and there was a bad smell, you wouldn't overreact. All you would do is try and make it clear that it wasn't your bottom go that made it. Do what I do where I go like... Oh, oh, oh no. Oh what no, there's that? been a smell. <laughs> the smell's occurred. And I do that especially when it has been me. I was going to say, if you ever do that, I'll be like, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's what happened. The police. The police. Why are the police? The police. Oh, because because <laughs> it's Can you smell- imagine? Can you imagine phoning the police and being like, the room smells. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> off a smell in our student centre. And we're all really freaked out about it. What are the police going to do about it? <laughs> oh, God. You can tell these books are written by white people. Yeah. Black people in the mid-90s in America would not be calling the police because there was a stink. Because there was a bad smell. My God. Um, so the police tell them it was a stink bomb with a timing mechanism, which is absolutely hysterical. Like a timing mechanism. Why would, Why would that it need ever a timing be mechanism? <laughs> oh, anyway. That's the level that we're dealing with, and that's the level we'll stay at the whole rest of the book. So get used to it. Um, and you think, you think, like, how much smell drama can there be in one book, Kirsty? Well, it's not finished, let me tell you. 
Quinn smells a bad smell and traces it back to her own closet. Which just made me think, the smell is coming from inside the house. Like, why, why are all these like hyper olfactory students? Like, what is... That's also what I'm going to say if you ever do a face and be like, oh, do you smell that? My response is going to be, the smell is coming from within the house, Heather. <laughs> coming from within the Heather. <laughs> Well, it's not coming from her anus. It's coming from <laughs> it's coming from her jacket. Uh, I hope that's going to be your reply. If I'm like, the smell's coming from within the house, you'll be like, it's not my anus. It's my jacket. This is so juvenile, Kirsty. This is such juvenile content. Like, I'm sorry. A fart jokes are funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So Quinn obviously didn't go to the stink parade because she was too sad. Isn't that uh, my Chemical Romance album? <laughs> <laughs> My Chemical Romance is also what this book could be called. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, her jacket stinks of the Chemical Romance. Um, and she worries that she wore it while sleepwalking and went to the student centre. I see. Do you get what I'm saying? Because she, should, she wasn't there. Herein, you can see the thrust of this book. Uh, Quinn worries that when she sleepwalks, she has no idea what she's done. And from this moment on, the entire plot of the book... The book? The book would have been avoided had she just put a lock on the inside of her door. But then she could unlock it in her sleep. But then you put the key somewhere else. But you'll still know where, unless you get your roommate to hide it somewhere. I mean, what, to what extent can people who are asleep do problem solving? I think it varies. I remember, I mean, I have heard about people like driving while sleepwalking. Oh, wow. Well, like, I, I think, think at least it would, have, it would have put a block. Yeah. You know, I think it, a, good, a good idea definitely would be to get a lock and get your roommate to hide the key. Yeah. Because then you won't know where it is. Exactly. Um, but no, she doesn't do any of that. She just goes, well, oh, guess that's what's happening. Um, she does, however, reveal that she's try, uh, tried to beat up her sister while sleepwalking, which is a bit scary, um, after they had an argument. And once she was also crouched behind, found crouched behind a camp counsellor's cabin at 2am after the camp counsellor, which I just find really funny, stole a boy that Quinn liked. And I'm like... Aren't they older? And also, were you going to murder her? Well, that's the implication. Or she was going to, like, what? Fuck her Burn down. What happened in Teacher's Pet? Oh, everything happened in Teacher's Pet. Wasn't there, like, some sort of murdered badger put in someone's bathroom? Or there was some sort of... Oh, yeah, there was a lot of blood everywhere. There was, like, a bag of meat. There was... Remember Pierce stepped in a bear trap? That that he had set. (laughs) What I'm getting from these books is just don't go to camp because they're like lawless Wild West places. I feel like inside Diane Ho's head must be a fun place. <laughs> um, so maybe this is the same universe. Maybe. Maybe. Quite like that. The police are coming for you since you said that. And also I don't... Yeah. Oh. No. Nope. Just one of our ambient noises. Um, I don't know anything about camps, but I imagine the camp counsellors are a bit older than the students. And you also it's hope. like a gross dereliction of duty to be like... Well, it doesn't say that the one she fancied was also a pupil? Camper? Oh, well, yeah, true. Could oh, my been. goodness. What? what have my cats done? Could have <laughs> The person she fancied could have been another counsellor. That's true. Although she does say stole, which suggests that they're in a relationship anyway. That's oh, true. Unless anyway. she's one of those girls that's like, you stole the guy I fancied. Just because, like, you bagsied them, I guess. You don't own people. Guys, no. it's fine. Anyway, the therapist she went to after being that 
um, said that Quinn suppresses anger in her waking life and acts it out in her sleep, which I have to say sounds like exactly the sort of situation I would get myself into. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting, I think, that if she just would let her anger out in a healthy way, mm. maybe she should get one of those... I was going to say marshmallow bats. That's wrong. Like a padded bat. Yeah. It's weird that I thought of it as a marshmallow, Marsh- though. <laughs> a marshmallow bat. You can get it at Batmus. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone gets a bat at Batmus. Uh, anyway, I think this is probably the sort of thing you should tell a university so that you'll get a single room. Um, or, oh, like, at yeah. least not put with someone else that you might murder in your sleep. But she hasn't. Yeah, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't love that if my roommate was like, I haven't yet murdered anyone. <laughs> But I have definitely tried. But I definitely do have a history of uh, violent behaviour having repressed my urges. No, that's fine. Um, Anyway, she has a genius plan to figure out whether it is her, and that's putting on some white socks at night. Um, And I immediately saw the hole in this plan, which is that she might just put shoes on. Well, and that is actually what happens. Because if she's kind of together enough to like open the door, go down the stairs, go down, go outside. Yeah, she could also put shoes on. What would be much better is to put flour all around your bed. Mm. So then you'd see, or talc or something like that. But then you wouldn't know how far you went. You wouldn't know if you'd gone, like, outside. That's true, but you wouldn't know if you had gone. That's true. Because she won't know where she's gone with the sock situation. That's true. (laughs) It's not a lot of logic going on here. Or you could put white socks on and also wrap your shoes in paper. Right? So that it would wake you up? So that, no, I mean like like stick white paper to the soles of your shoes so that they would also be dirty if you'd gone outside. Again, I'm just going to go back to, I think if they just put a lock on the door, a lot of this would be avoided. Or if you That's just me. went to therapy. If you went to therapy. And actually dealt with the problem. Got your own room that you could lock at night, all of these things. Anyway, counter to this narrative is Toby's sad story. So Toby's boyfriend died the year before. And Quinn is actually quite cool about not bringing it up, you know, to upset her. Uh, Even when Toby is, like, torturing herself by looking over the school yearbook. You know, I think maybe do bring it up then, or, like... Like, maybe she does want to talk about it? Yeah, if she's, like, literally won't go out and just stays crying over the yearbook. I would probably be like... "Mm, I feel like also if your boyfriend has died, it's okay to take a year out. Yeah, it's okay to just do whatever you want, I think. Um, But anyway, Toby eventually tells her... And she tells her what happened, and what happened was this. Toby and her boyfriend, Peter, I think? I should have written it down. Rabbit? Let's say Peter, Rabbit, yeah. Peter Rabbit stopped at an ATM one night, and when <laughs> Peter Rabbit went out to get out some like money... I like mental image. This is making it even gr- more, like, traumatizing. More tragic. He was mugged, except Peter Rabbit wouldn't give the money to the mugger, and got spooked by a fake gun, and he fell and hit his head on the concrete... <gasps> But they don't refer to it as an ATM. They refer to it as like an automatic bank teller machine. And I was like, what year did you write this? Because I'm pretty sure they've been around a while. Were they new? I don't think so. I remember them talking about ATMs on Friends. I remember in the 90s, I mean, the small town that I lived in, I guess there was one, but I do remember going into the bank to get money. Really? Yeah. And America is like weirdly behind because when I moved to Canada, I know it's not America, North America, um, when I moved to Canada when I was 21, which was 13 years ago, you still had to, like, sign. Like, they didn't have chip and pin. Oh. Yeah. Weird, eh? Do you know, I was in Germany last year, pre-COVID, obviously, and 
there's hardly any hardly any places took card. Mm, yeah. Which was weird. Is that Berlin? Yeah. Loads of places just cash. What's that about? I bet they're not like that anymore. Well, mm. good point. But yeah, like I I was in a restaurant and I thought restaurants will definitely take card. No. Had to fucking go halfway down the street. And there's hardly any ATMs either. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is a city where you can't pay by card and there's hardly any ATMs. What? Does everyone just carry cash everywhere? Well, when I went to Cuba last year with a lot of Scottish pound notes, not only would they, no one would take it, they blocked all of our cards. So Scottish we, pound notes? Where did you get that? As in, not like pound notes, sorry, like Scottish money. Oh, Scottish, I see. Well, it's not Scottish <laughs> like, money, is it? I remember pound notes, but that was quite a while ago. <laughs> the Scottish notes of oh, I see. British money. They wouldn't accept anything, and then we couldn't get any money out, and we ended up going to the fucking embassy. <laughs> anyway, so... The story about Toby is relevant because now things are happening happening to happy couples, including <laughs> the most fucking ridiculous thing, when some red paint is dropped on Carly Winters and Donna Timms, a man named after a kebab. Don Donna. Donna, like Donna. D O N N E R. Oh, I was hoping they were lady queers. There are there is a couple of like queer baiting because there's another couple who could be queers. That's not really queer baiting. That's we're hinting but I don't think they are no so anyway um, they get some red paint dropped on them and everyone acts like it is the end of the world I feel like maybe the kids in this book they really have not gone through much apart from Toby yeah like maybe they just have never really experienced any setback of any kind I yeah the fact that they're so upset about a smell that they call the police (laughs) (laughs) um Oh, is it the right bit I've got here? Uh, anyway, one of them like starts crying, like the other girls are panicked. Like it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's no, it's just pain. Am I alone in thinking that's not like much would, of a big deal? I'm trying to imagine myself at uni. I would be angry because if someone threw paint on me at uni, I would just be like, "Fuck you!" I've got paint <laughs> on my fucking clothes now because I would just assume it was somebody dicking around, like yeah. for a joke, and I would be angry to be like, "That's not." funny that's fucking annoying yeah i would be like, upset i don't think they are like absolutely hysterical about it crying one of the teachers is like they have to go to the infirmary because paint's actually really bad to have on you and no it like, isn't i don't know like, maybe if you eat it. it did they put lead in paint in the mid-90s like surely not i mean they did put lead in everything so but i don't think it's that bad yeah anyway that's weird i mean is it poison paint <laughs> it's that poison paint. We shouldn't have bought the poison oh, paint. Oh, it's a bit cheaper though. We should have bought the non-poison paint. We mm. laugh, but people did used to buy leaded petrol. In them. So mm, that's true. And that, in Victorian times, there was arsenic and wallpaper. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, there's a really beautiful book, uh, which I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a kind of big format art book of all these really beautiful, very bright green patterned Victorian wallpapers but they're all poison because the way you get that really really bright green or how you did get it was arsenic oh my god but it would like seep into the air or, not, or like if you touched it it would poison you obviously oh my god yeah that's great that's great knowledge I know I can see your eyes being like I can write a story about that <laughs> on a story coming soon <laughs> anyway I've got a bit of a, a, a theory here I wondered if this is a moral panic about queers. Because it's I mean, all the ha- I don't think so, but I like it. It's all the happy heterosexual couples that are getting attacked. You know? That felt to me very like, 
The queers are coming to ruin us. They won't let us be happy as heterosexuals. They just want to destroy us. They want to destroy the nuclear family. Which I do. <laughs> I do want to destroy every head. No, I don't. <laughs> just in case someone fucking cuts that clip out oh and God. uses it for something. I do not wish to destroy heterosexuals. That was a joke. That's a joke. Anyway. Back onto Quinn's bullshit. She runs into Simon and asks why he ditched her, but she he thinks that she ditched him because she sent him a letter on pink paper, plot point, uh, telling him never to contact her again. But she didn't. <gasps> so they're back on. Cool. And guess what? Toby has pink stationery, plot point. I mean, if you were going to do that, you would think you would, like, get a bit of paper from somewhere else. Or just a bit of white paper. Yeah. But Use you know, the paper that Quinn's put on her shoes. <laughs> Toby just is an incredibly sad, grieving, couple-hating bitch now, apparently, so we blame her for everything, which I think is horrible. But another suspect is Suze, who Quinn... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. Uh, There is, after the paint situation, there is a couple who are in a car, and someone goes in and smashes all the windows in with a hammer, but also must do more than that, because the couple had to be cut out. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Why... How could you mangle the car so badly with a hammer? Yeah. Like, cars can survive, like, Crashes. an impact. Yeah. A crash impact. Maybe they also had one of those uh, big grabby, <laughs> grabby um, <laughs> machine things. Maybe. You know? A wrecking ball. Miley Cyrus was on it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I thought about that as well. Like, did they hammer? just not want to get glass on them? <laughs> Is it like an episode of... I feel like there's some episode of a TV show where someone goes around trying to like knock a bit of like a dent out of the car. Yes, I remember that. What is that? And then they ended up with it all dented. It's like, oh, it's, is it not some old British show like Mr. Bean or? Oh, I was thinking Father Faulty Ted Towers or something. Or, yeah, something like that. Maybe it was I remember that. he's got like the tiniest little dent in his car, so he knocks to the side of it, and yeah. then he's knocked the entire car. By the end of it, it looks like a bit of crumpled tinfoil. Yeah. That happened. So these, this attack happened really slowly over the course of, like, what, six <laughs> hours? And they didn't think to get out of the car. Anyway, the couple have to be cut out. And then Quinn, again, finds her own clothes with red paint on it. And then finds broken glass in the pocket of her raincoat, which is an image I quite liked. Do you know what I have to say? There's some... Although we're saying it's silly that they call the police for a stink, I think there's some really quite brutal moments in this. Like, I, I like that as well, this image of, like, you put your hand in your pocket and it's full of broken glass. That's mm. horrible. Also because it would cut you. So yes. you'd be, like, bleeding into it. Yeah. I think that's horrible. I agree. Um, and, like, I like the image of her in this, like, yellow raincoat doing it as well. Because yeah. that's very... Um, Oh, what is it? Don't, don't look now. Yeah, don't look now. Yeah, it's the yellow raincoat, and then she pulls her hand out, and it's all the red blood dripping. <laughs> so Quinn thinks it also might be Suze, because when she went back to the smashed up car for a reason I can't remember, Suze was also there, saying she was collecting uh, a purse, which was a lie. Mm. Um, so then, that's a weird bit. Yeah, isn't it? I don't, having read the whole book, I don't really get that bit. No, I think it's just a red herring. Um, and then there's another attack on Tim and Ivy. Just look, Quinn and Ivy. Just fuck is how I think about that. Um, I don't so know. I like I like Toby. I think she should get together with Toby. Actually, well, I don't think that's Quinn should. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, be a so, thruple. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should be a thruple this year. I reckon. Get as much as you, get everyone in your bubble. Get as many people as you can <laughs> in your bubble and just keep them there. Um, so Ivy and Tim are attacked while Quinn is awake. So she knows it's not her. She should also have done one of the many things we've given for her, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so she thinks that someone is trying to frame her. We gave attacks. you the solution, Quinn. Yeah, come on. 
Um, and then when, when she's trying to find a hairdryer, she finds a hammer under Toby's bed. Now, I had also then made it into... Can you remember like when you used to get Thornton's toffee and you'd get like a toffee hammer? Oh, yeah. You know, the little, little like finger-sized hammers? Yeah. I now imagined it was that doing the whole car <laughs> as well. Oh, I like that. <laughs> tiny, tiny I'm tools. frightened of things like that now because I'm scared it's going to pull my teeth out. A toffee hammer? No, oh, not toffee. the hammer, the toffee. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Um, anyway, so Quinn takes all of this to a policeman who just believes her. I, I mean, guess they, because he's so horrified by the stink situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the type of police who will literally go and investigate if you say there's a bad smell in the room. So <laughs> Maybe this is what white middle-class America is like. I feel like if I phoned the police and said there's a bad smell, they would say, do you mean like a body? Like... <laughs> like you think someone's died and I'll be like no like a farty smell <laughs> they would just be like open the window I think someone's put a rotten hex somewhere and they'd be like oh, we've got a SWAT team there immediately it's a timed stink bomb <laughs> we've got the kind of cops that if you ring them and say hey someone's stolen my bike they're like oh bummer and then hang up they'll be like maybe look on Facebook marketplace <laughs> they've probably sold it by now bye yeah. <laughs> um, which is you know better than them like shooting us so, That's true. You know, I have to say, my, I'm sure I've told the story on the podcast before about when my old neighbour was absolutely fucked on drugs and knocked on my door at three in the morning when I was home alone because Annie was out with her friend and I was I, I didn't recognise him because he'd just moved in and I was absolutely shitting myself. I thought he was going to murder me. Did mm. I not tell you this? No, you've told me, yeah. I'm sure I've said it on the podcast as well. But the police came. I wasn't going to call the police. I actually phoned my friend to be like... Um, because he was still there because we've got a dog right well Rosie Bennett Logan obviously she was still barking so I knew that he was still standing at the front even though I had closed the front door he was still standing in front of the door because the dog was still barking so I was really scared because I was like I can't go anywhere it's a flat there's only one door I can't leave but like what's he going to do is he going to kick the door in is he going to what's he going to do and so I phoned my friend and was like I'm really frightened and I don't know what to do and she was like phone the police and I was like I can't phone the police he hasn't done anything and she was like don't be ridiculous like that's how people die is because they're like they say oh well he hasn't done anything yet like at what point are you gonna phone the police then if he actually does break the door in I don't think I've ever phoned the police well that was the first time I did phone and they did come to like see but he had gone by the time they came they he had already gone and he didn't break the door in and I didn't die but I do remember thinking that like that's a good point at what point was I going to call well, if he actually came at me with a knife? What was <laughs> I, you know? I've had the police called on me, but only as uh, the manager of a nightclub. <laughs> so oh. I just, so they showed up then because they thought we were being too loud. And uh, I was dragged out onto the street at like two in the morning to listen to the noise, which is not how you do anything. Mm. And then I argued with them and then they sent a really big, tall policeman back to scare me. So that was more like the noise police. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I was like the, the shittest police. I should say, like, I'm sure I've told the story in the podcast, I won't tell it before, but he didn't just come to the door, like, he was frightening me. Yeah. On purpose. No, no, I think you should have called him. Yeah. I just, it's weird how silly you feel though, isn't it? Mm. Anyway. Well, now you can call us because we're just across the road. Yes. I'll bring the cat. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad um, I had the dog, I'll say that. <clears throat> yes. So... Uh, the police here aren't quite as useless as you might imagine, um, but they do give out almost certainly private information about Toby and how she testified against her boyfriend's killer, but also they give her the names and descriptions of the people who might have been this guy's accomplices, despite none of them ever being arrested or charged for it. I don't think you're supposed to do that. And he just gives all this information to a teenager 
um, which I don't think would happen. You would hope. I would. Th- I think that's a GDPR. <laughs> it's mm. not. It's not GDPR. It's just illegal. <laughs> so yeah. So she has the descriptions of all these people. Oh, it's raining, Kirsty. It's raining. Oh no. We'll, we'll boss Why it rain? Why? Right. Let's see how we do. Okay. Let's, let's try. Um. <laughs> just imagine us with laptops that we're shielding furiously, guys. Yeah. That is what's happening right now. Um. So, so, this guy, Gunther, who killed. Toby's boyfriend. Who I'm picturing as Gunther from Friends. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. He would have killed someone. <laughs> oh, he has. Um, she, he had a girlfriend who was at his trial, and his girlfriend was kind of pudgy, which is completely not relevant to the plot, but we hear quite a lot about. Well, and blonde. at the end I will talk about the weird body and food issues in this book. Okay, cool. So Quinn thinks that Suze might be the girlfriend of Toby's boyfriend's killer. She's blonde. Got you. As um, the killer's girlfriend was at his trial. She's a chemistry major, so she could rig up uh, a stink bomb to a timing device. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she was also trying to frame Toby. And then she finds a ring on Sousa's night table that is engraved with this phrase, Love Gunther forever. But then Sue says, What are you doing with Ivy's ring? Which is could be a phrase in a whole different scenario if Ooh. I'd rewritten this. Um, I look, look forward to that line in your version. <laughs> look, Ivy has blonde roots. It's very wrong. We all know poison ivy is ginger, but that's fine. Um, and then the police, being increasingly cavalier with information, tell her that Gunther's girlfriend's name was Selena Ivy Grud. <gasps> which is a fucking awful thing. Why are they telling her this? Selena Ivy Grud. Yeah. Do you reckon that's a... What's it called when you take the letters and jumble them up? An anagram? Yeah. I think Maybe. it's an anagram of something. Anyway, she sets out to tell on Ivy, but Ivy runs her off the road. And we get your classic point of horror, teenagers in a car doing terrifying things stuff. Um, So Ivy knocks herself out in cold from the crash and Quinn runs away and she runs to Nightmare Inn. No, it's Nightmare Hair. And Nightmare Hair is just locked. Cool. So she goes into a barn again. Why are there so many barns in the Is this guy going to crash through the roof? (laughs) And someone going to be eating some rotten meat or something. Um, so she runs... This is where it gets a bit ridiculous. She runs into a barn full of hay, runs past some kerosene lamps. Now, Mm-mm. if someone was trying to kill me, I wouldn't go into a highly flammable area. Full of hay. And with the things necessary to kill me right there at the door. Would yeah. you? Mm. Mm. I mean, I would like to think I would be smarter than that, but I probably wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run upstairs. Don't run into a flammable barn. Yeah. Don't do any of those things. And anyway, Ivy traps her in there, of course, and lights the kerosene lamp and confesses everything in this hyper-flammable environment. Um, and of course, in the ensuing chat, Ivy slips and falls, and the whole thing goes goes ablaze. Uh-oh. And then she falls into the flames. Like, ah, no. That kind of fall. Yeah. Um, and then Quinn kicks in a door and manages to get out and people from Nightmare Hair arrive and save her and this wraps up everything neatly in a little bow and Quinn says she sure she'll never sleepwalk again <gasps> I don't I know why I went Vincent Price there don't think that's going to work totally incorrect why would that stop you sleepwalking and if you can do that why don't you just decide in the first place it doesn't make any sense <laughs> because well, didn't she sleepwalk because she wasn't dealing with her emotions yeah she hasn't dealt with them. No. Yay! <laughs> but then we she should wasn't. add a category to this of like terrible mental health conclusions. 
<laughs> um, it's not very not more hairy at all. It's got not like almost nothing hairy. to do with the. <laughs> it's almost got nothing to do with the building. Or no. the college. And it's not really gothy at all. What we realised about the Nightmare Hair books is it's only... Well, first of all, we didn't realise that they went in order. But also, we it's only that first one uh, that we did a few weeks ago that actually has anything to do with Nightmare Hair or is set there. I think this is the ninth one. Oh. So here are the ones so that are already... they don't even go to anywhere near Nightmare Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the ones that are already been. The Silent Scream, which we did. The Roommate. Deadly Attraction. The Wish. The Scream Team. Guilty. Pretty Please. And The Experiment. And then they've got one more sorority sister, which sounds gay as hell. Yeah. So this is the ninth one. I just don't think it's got I anything really to do with Nightmare Hair. I don't really understand why they're not all just set at Nightmare Hair. Yeah, weird. Wouldn't that be a good way to tie them all together? It, that it's, they're just all set there. I feel like this is just a completely different book, and they just shoved it into Nightmare Hair by just changing the name of the Or having it happen at college instead of high school. Yeah. Weird, eh? Yeah. What's your body Oh, stuff? here we go. So, uh... So, I'm going to just read you some quotes. Okay. Because it's more about the, like, collective effect of it, page after page. We have this. Jess was thin and pretty. A tall, thin boy named Leon. She liked the way he looked, too. He was too thin. Okay. So, lots of equating thin with pretty mm. and liking some, how someone looks because they're too thin... Like, oh. not even just thin, but too thin. Oh, I don't like and that. then we have all these, like, Quinn eats nothing through this entire book. And we have the following. Quinn had no appetite, she ate nothing. And then later we have, her appetite gone, Quinn excused herself and hurried back. So she orders food and doesn't eat it. And then we have this. She met Ivy and Toby for lunch, but none of them ate anything. Uh, then later we have, I'm not hungry, she announced. And then later again, we have, they were driving into Twin Falls for dinner at Hunan, or Hunan Manor, Quinn's favourite place to eat. Now, they do go there, but they don't order anything or eat anything. So, I really feel like Quinn has got a real fucked relationship with food. Yeah. It's just stated five separate times that she's not hungry, she doesn't eat anything, she several times orders food but doesn't eat it. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm. So, and then I'm also like, you've been specifically told that you're sleepwalking because you have a psychological situation that you haven't dealt with. And I'm like, is it that you have an eating disorder? Oh my god, she's got an eating disorder. Maybe. That's horrible. Yeah. Is it, have we got any fat phobia? I mean, I think describing the girl as chubby is not done in a pleasant way no and they are like yeah no well she would have could have lost all the weight by now as if that, that's your ultimate goal and also like thin. we've seen this in point horrors before this idea that someone like was there not one that was someone that was it described how much she weighed and she was not overweight she yeah. was just like maybe a slightly fuller figured person and then she lost some weight and none of her friends including her best friend recognised <laughs> her just, like could even see her face like yeah. I've got to say my wife, in the time I've known her, she has gained and lost about six stone. Hmm. And I can still recognise her <laughs> quite easily. Still She's definitely Annie. Clearly the same person. She's got the same face. There's just slightly smaller cheeks. <laughs> it's just ludicrous to think that because you lose a bit... Like, it's different. Perhaps if someone is, like, incredibly overweight hmm. and they become, like the guy Christian Bale and the machinist thin hmm. like maybe you wouldn't immediately recognise them 
But like faces still the same, aren't they? I know. Like Adele's lost a lot of weight. Rebel Wilson's lost a lot of weight. You can still tell it's them. Although I have to say, I really don't recognise Adele. She does look quite different. But she's changed her hair and stuff as well. Yeah. You would still, I don't know, I think you would still recognise her. I, yeah, well, we shouldn't talk about someone's weight. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think, just because someone changes their weight, like, you can still recognise them. Yeah, unless they change everything else about themselves. The way they style, the way they, their haircut, the glasses they wear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Anyway. You would have to change a lot. Because, like, I see pictures of people that I was at high school with. And they're 20 years older. And obviously their style is completely different, their hair and the weight's different, but like, I still immediately recognise their faces. I am the opposition to this because photos of me when I was a child bear no resemblance to who I am now. That's not true, you posted a picture of yourself on Twitter as a baby and it's your face. (laughs) It's your face on a baby. There's a lot of pictures of me when I was like a little kid or a toddler and like David is like, who is that? And I'm like, it's me, It's, it's, that's me. Very weird. For a period, I thought that they changed me. They, like, swapped me out. My brother thinks that as well. <laughs> about because, me? <laughs> yeah, about himself, because there's pictures of him as a baby, and then there's, like, weirdly no pictures for about four years. I get the same. Abducted. Just saying. Maybe something was going on in the 90s. <laughs> we just aren't happy with this kid. Can we get a different one? Um, I haven't got any 90s things. Except maybe that's why your mum said you used to be so nice. Yeah. Because she means the child I had before you that I swapped you for and then you was nice and be worse <laughs> I got a bad deal should have done that mom. want a refund <laughs> should have kept me um I, yeah I didn't have any 90s things nope or particularly American things nope um I've got some queer subtext <clears throat> I bet you have okay Toby shrugged her eyes aimed straight ahead of her toward the field below he's okay Danny's great but I'm not interested guys are a waste of time it was the most cynical thing Quinn had ever heard her say. She didn't know how to respond. Kiss! <laughs> That's how you <laughs> respond. Um, Toby, what's wrong? Toby ran a hand through her short red hair. Short red hair! <gasps> and A what- sure sign of a gay. <laughs> shook her head. Nothing, she said, glancing sideways at Quinn. Sorry. Then she looked back at the field again. Um, Ivy and Seuss have the right idea. Ivy doesn't just date Tim Lobo, even though he's nuts about her. She's not about to tie herself down to one guy. And to Seuss one dot 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 guy. guy. And Seuss plays the field too. Safer that way. Danny's nice. Like I said, he's okay. And then Toby says this. I thought I was in love once, she said quietly. I thought it was forever. You know how you are in high school. You think everything's forever. Only it isn't. I think she was in love with her best friend. You're really reaching. I am. I mean, I'm into it, but... But now I think she's into Quinn. Oh. Maybe. I'm just saying that's my queer reading of it. Toby and Quinn. Yeah. No, Ivy and Quinn. Toby and Quinn. I mean, I think Toby and Quinn is the correct answer. At and the then end Ivy this. is the third. Because then, you see, if they shared a bed, then if... Uh, Quinn got up in the night, it would wake Toby up. You'd know. Exactly. They can help each other. Just saying. I like it. Let's make it queer. Let's just queer it up. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know if she's too stupid to live, but she's not the brightest. Yeah. But then she's not got a lot to work with. It's kind of a ridiculous situation, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think she's dealing with her problems in a very clever way. In a very sensible way. And we don't really have a sexy bad boy sociopath, because Ivy's not that. 
No. She's not even really worrying or like, she doesn't do anything that's weird for until once, at the end you're just revealed it's her. For once there's no problematic boyfriend. No, because boys are just, they're not really what I want, you know? That's mine. <laughs> um, death toll? Uh, does anyone die or do they just get covered in paint? She gets burned. <laughs> Doesn't she? Oh yeah, she does get burned, that's true. Um, maybe the someone gets their head hit with a hammer which I think is quite brutal oh yeah they do don't they yeah but he's fine though maybe the toxic effects of the I paint I don't know if you would be fine <laughs> I suppose but it remember, depends it's a toffee hammer like, oh it's a toffee hammer okay <laughs> it's just a little it's dink. just a, an, a picture of a hammer a little bit of paper ding <laughs> that reminds me of someone told me once that they weren't allowed on a plane because they had a t-shirt with a gun on it. it was that not me that had a gun on my belt no it was someone else oh because I had a I had a belt buckle in the shape of a gun but like a little it was like a sort of cowboy style like yeah. two probably about crossed. two inches high like little pistols crossed on my belt buckle the whole yeah the whole belt buckle was a couple of inches high and a, maybe three or four inches wide and they were like you can't have that and I was like are you actually kidding me what do you think you're going to do with it I don't know I was like but not, you can see it's not a gun like that's ludicrous yes that's absolutely ludicrous I know <laughs> Unless I thought you were going to like swing know. it around your head and use it to knock someone out. Because I was like, do you think I'm going to like pretend? I really don't think it's going to fool anyone. <laughs> Look, I've got these two tiny... Uh, like they were tiny, they were like the, about not even the length of my forefinger. <laughs> like, well, I don't... Uh, what I don't world know. we live in, man. I don't know. Honestly. I just think, genuinely, I think the people at the Edinburgh Airport security gate were very bored because no one was trying to take any kind of contraband on and so they were like... <laughs> Let's just do this because I'm really fucking bored. It's the same people that always go through my bag. Oh. Every single time. Edinburgh anyway. Airport's terrible. I hate it. Um, is it good, bad though? The book, not the airport. Uh, we haven't said if it's good. Is that what you said? Did I say good, bad? Yeah. Is it good though? Is what uh, I'm no. I think it's just really dull. It's just, it is. And the kind of threat level goes from ludicrous to incredibly violent. Like, oh, how are we going from an eggy smell to <laughs> hit in the head with a hammer like that is an That's escalation an, escalation. <laughs> <laughs> an extreme escalation so i don't feel like she's balanced the threat correctly it's not balanced it's not balanced i'm gonna give it a two yeah i mm, a two or a one okay i'm gonna give it a two because we've got to save the ones for robot science yeah really. of course of course um i mean i didn't find it like agonizing to read some of them i'm like oh come on just end <laughs> I didn't hate it. No. I quite like the sleepwalking element. I yeah. think more could have been done with that. I quite like this idea that she, at least initially, although it does get given up on quite quickly, but initially she thinks that she is the culprit, and mm. I quite like that. Yeah, I think it should have been that. I think the whole like um, testifying thing gets kind of shoved in there a little bit. Yeah. Like, as a side plot, a side quest. Yeah. Um, is it good, bad, though? No. No, it's not really... So I got distracted there because the neighbours peering out the window at us, clearly being like, I always knew that girl upstairs was weird. What the fuck is she doing? It's because you've got a matching hat with your <laughs> microphone and it's increasingly dark. And we're just sitting in your garden on our laptops on some fucking chairs. Oh dear. We do look totally like we've lost it. Yeah, well, you know, everyone's doing their thing, aren't they? Is it good bad? Not really. No. Boring. Two again. Sorry, Diane. Diane, no. it's a real letdown. I mean, you've written a lot of books. You can't hit it out of the park with all of them. No, I don't accept that. I think she should have. 
Ooh. It's a real Demanding. after Gehenna. It was a come down after Gehenna. <laughs> Huge come down. But I tell you what, next week it's Robot Stein. Oh my god. So that could go either way. I think I know which way it's gonna go. <laughs> Well, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. No, me neither. So we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> so next week we're doing the bo- boy? boyfriend. Is it the boyfriend? I think it is the I'm boyfriend. I'm very confused because there's the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the dead boyfriend, and the dead girlfriend. But I'm pretty sure we're doing the boyfriend. I think we're doing the boyfriend. Yeah. Although we right. both could get halfway through it and then realise that we have, in fact, done it. See, I'm sure we haven't because there's a character called Dex, and I feel like I would remember that. The Midnight Runner. And Yeah. <laughs> and there's also a character called Shep. <laughs> and I feel like I would really remember if we'd had a character called Shep. Come here, boy. Come here. Exactly. <laughs> it must be a sheepdog. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. At least. So you can join us next week for The Boyfriend by R.L. Stein. And until then, you can find us on Twitter at TeenageScream underscore and on Instagram at TeenageScreamPod. And if you would like to buy us some sort of protective material from the rain. Maybe those little hand warmers as well. <laughs> or put a fun towards our laptops, which are definitely not going to work if we keep sitting out here in the mm-hmm. rain. Um, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash teenagegreenpodcast. Um, if you become a meatloaf, you get a free bonus episode every month. Um, that's exclusive. Mm. Only mm. the good ones get it. Not the good ones. You're all good. Oh, I've let myself. I've let my true feelings show. Oh, we've got. We've got. We've got quite a lot of new patrons. 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 Yeah. Lately, so thanks, pals. Yeah, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. More than the other. No, I'm not. No. Gonna say that. No, we love all we of you. Appreciate everyone. Like, I mean, subscribe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> leave a comment. <laughs> I re- ring the bell. <laughs> I really feel like if we've done anything useful this year. It's hopefully providing a little bit of distraction and silliness to people. I feel like if that's all I achieve this year, I'm happy with that. Mainly for us. Yeah. We've just I mean, been distracting right? ourselves. Otherwise, if I wasn't recording this podcast today, I would just be like being sad in my house drinking tea. <laughs> Maybe I would have had a migraine pill as a treat. <laughs> I haven't even got a migraine ever. <laughs> oh my God. I know, right? I'm just going to make sure I so don't have one. Get my toe, get my kicks. <laughs> You um, laugh, but it's true. <laughs> well, so you might need it for next... Keep that pill for next week. You I, may might need need it. It. I might need it. I might need it. And we will meet you there, pals. Bye. Bye. Bye.